following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Welcome to the MSP North Podcast, covering high school sports in Robertson and Montgomery Counties. Now, here are your hosts, Blaine Keller and Brady McAtamney. Hey guys, welcome back to the MSP North Podcast. We took last week off, but we're, we're back at you, uh, coming in hot with uh, kind of a mixed bag of things today. We're going to, of course, be talking about state basketball championships. We're going to start you off with some baseball as we welcome in Derek Wicks, head coach of the East Robertson Indians, fresh off a state championship last year. Derek, how are you doing today? Doing well. How are you? Doing good. Coach, we we go back to last week a little bit, and I'll, I'll start off with this. Of course, last spring you guys win your first Class A state championship in baseball, but the Tennessee Baseball Coaches Association last week announces you guys as the top spot in the preseason poll for Class A. Uh, I'm curious to see, you know, just to start off here, what that does for your confidence, uh, for your team, and if you guys take stock in that at, at all. Uh, actually, we don't. I don't even know if our guys even know about it, to be honest with you. We, uh, we're we just worried about us on a day-to-day basis, just trying to get a little better each day. I don't know if we deserve the number one preseason ranking. I don't know if that was based on last year. Um we're just we're focused on headed forward and not trying to look in the rear view at the moment. Yeah, Derek, assuming you guys have played some uh, preseason games, you guys have gotten some good practice time in so far. Um, I'm curious what you've seen from the, your team so far uh, during your uh, kind of preseason work. Uh, we've been, to be completely honest, we've been inconsistent at times. Um, we're pretty youthful in a few spots after graduating four um, guys last year that had big roles in, in our offense, defense, pitching, all of that. Um, so a little inconsistent. Um, the first outing was a little sluggish. I thought the second outing against White House, we, uh, we looked a little better, a little more focused. Um, and I kind of like where we're at right at the moment. Well, you know, you mentioned some of that talent from last year. Of course, Peyton Smith uh, took a couple stops to get to Dallas Baptist. Uh, Van True, another guy, uh, Christian Brothers. But it's a lot of those guys, you know, that – their spots are going to need to be replaced. And I think one of those guys that you might be interested in is uh, Van's brother, Gavin. Yes, sir. Talk to yes, me about sir, some Gavin. of the young talent that you guys have, you know, just some of the guys that are going to need to replace those starters that obviously went on to have college careers at this point. Right. And the guys that we have right now that are filling those roles are all freshmen. Uh, we still have some guys still playing for state title in basketball next week. So we're, uh, Got some youthful guys in those spots. Like you said, uh, Van's little brother, Gavin True, is a freshman. Um, similar ability, skill level as Van, just not as – not as he's a little green right now. Um, another guy stepping in in the infield is uh, Briar Williams. Uh, like I said, another freshman um, swinging the bat pretty well for us and being consistent at third. And then Mac Luckett um, – He's the younger brother of Ryan Lucky. He'll be a senior in our program, still playing basketball, and he's uh, filling in at second base for us right now. So we're we got three freshmen and sophomore at, at times in the infield. So yeah, you mentioned you got uh, one guy there playing basketball still. Uh, do you still have any other uh, players other than him uh, still playing? Yeah. And how does that affect 
uh, what you guys are doing right now. Obviously, it's a good thing to see the, the boys' basketball team going this far, but uh, how does that affect the baseball team? Hey, it doesn't affect us a whole lot. I mean, baseball is a tournament sport, meaning you just try to get better every day until May, and that's what we're doing. When those guys join us, there's five of them total. Um like you said, Ryan Luckett, Mason Nitson, Carson Craig, and then Cole Crocker and Connor Cope are the five. And they uh, we're proud of them, proud of that team. We're going to be there supporting them every step of the way. Um, it's a it's a community, family atmosphere that we have here at East Robertson. We love to see each other succeed. And, Coach, how about the, the state of athletics at East Robertson to begin with? You know, obviously last spring your baseball team makes the state tournament. Uh, for basketball, they're headed to Murfreesboro after not getting to play, but qualifying for the state tournament in 2020. And I believe I heard today the new football coach is going to be announced. So, you know, it's just an exciting time for East Robertson Athletics. Absolutely. And and being uh, alumni here, I love nothing more than to see um, all three male, main male sports succeeding. And it, it just our community's on fire right now about East Robertson in general, academics, athletics, and we're uh, we're definitely proud to be from here and proud to represent our community. Absolutely. So uh, I'm curious, uh, what are some of the strengths that you guys have seen from your team so far? And on the flip side, what are some things that you guys are uh, definitely going to be looking to improve upon? Well, to improve, we, uh, we've got to fill the strike zone up. There's some things that our older guys struggled with up until this point. Our younger guys have fell in there nicely. All those names of a freshman I named earlier, they all pitch for us as well. So they, they filled the strike zone up. And that's for us to be consistent, um, we've got to throw strikes. And um, I, we've gotten better as we went, went through this preseason. Um, strength-wise, I feel like we've swung the bat at times decent this preseason. Um, it's, I guess the jury's still out on that. Uh, we've seen some really good arms so far in the preseason. Um, but I kind of like where we're at, and we work we work hard at it. So we we um, I like the way we're swinging. I guess. Well, coach, when you mentioned throwing strikes and even having some younger guys up on the mound, you know, one of your preseason games was against Greenbrier, who in that TBCA poll was ranked number four, I believe. So, you know, is it was it hard to see that game, you know, whenever you're playing such high talent, maybe to even start the preseason? I believe that was your first preseason game of against the number four team in Class 3A as a Class A school. Right. Well, we don't – we're not going to shy away from anybody. Um, we've got a good relationship with Greenbrier. Um, again, a county team made the state tournament last year, so proud of them. Um, we want to see good competition. We, we won't play any single-A teams unless we have to in district play and in the postseason. We uh, – Throw these young guys in there and right out the gate, and we'll see how we go. Coach, last question I've got for you here. Whenever you have the school's first Class A state championship last year, I'm sure there are some, you know, expectations or you want to repeat as champions this year, especially when you see that spot in the preseason coaches poll. So in your mind, what are the expectations for you and for this team this year? What would be the best-case scenario for East Robertson baseball? I don't want to put a goal on the end of it as far as we want to be this, this, and this at the end. We, uh, like I said earlier, we we uh, have our head looking out to looking forward instead of looking in the rearview mirror. We, we're just focused on day-to-day. Um, whatever happens, like I told the guys yesterday, I'll just want the best version of the 20, 2022 East Robertson Indians in May. And then let the rest 
fall where it may. And that's that's all we can worry about. That's all we can focus on is being a little bit better every day. Well, it'll be an exciting season to, to kick off. I believe you guys play against Clarksville Northeast, which is a, a 4A four A school. Is that right, Brady? That's in your coverage area. Yep, yeah, they're uh... – Yep, Northeast. They they got some pretty good players, so that that should be a good test for you guys. Yeah, we're we're looking forward to it. Well, Coach Wicks, thanks so much for your time today, and uh, best of luck throughout the rest of this preseason and getting the season started. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Derek. Man, it's good to be talking baseball. Um, I know we still got some basketball going on, and uh, that's that's exciting stuff. But you know, if calendar turns over to March. Um, we're kind of getting. Near, near-ish the midway point of March, which is weird to say already, but um, talking baseball, it's definitely, it's definitely a good time. It's kind of it's strange because it feels like baseball weather a couple of days here throughout the week, and then <laughs> at the end of this week, we're expecting snow in Middle Tennessee. So it's so hard to predict. It's so hard to even almost feel like baseball season whenever you've got such changing weather at this point of the year. Yeah, like you said, it was feeling like baseball for a minute. Um, a couple of days, it was like 70 and sunny. It was beautiful. But, yeah, hopefully hopefully the weather can turn itself around in time for the regular season to start. But um, let's, uh, let's look at basketball a little bit because um, we each got some teams that are, that are still going. Um, that said, I'm going to start with a team who's had their ju- who just had their season end um, in the state tournament, in the state semifinals, um, and that would be the Clarksville Academy Cougars. They went up against a really, really good FACS team, and they kind of got vindicated when that team went on to win the state tournament uh, the next night after beating um, Clarksville Academy. So uh, they had kind of a tough go in that game. Um, for a team that didn't have any of those guys who had ever played on that stage before, they definitely looked um, nervous at times that's something they, they even admitted to that you know maybe at times the brights got the lights got a little bit too bright uh god it's a tongue twister um but uh so so they definitely struggled with that aspect um but at the same time uh, a lot of those guys are coming back next year they're graduating two really good seniors keith bridgeberg and paris Persian, a couple multi-sport guys who played big roles with the basketball team but of course, Eddie Ricks it will be back next year. Um, Jock Wyatt, probably their second best player, will be back next year. Uh, Trey Rito, who had a really good freshman season this year, will be back next year. Tyler Moss, a really good guard for them. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of good things to look for from Clarksville Academy uh, moving forward, even though that they, they did um, kind of fall flat a little bit in that state semifinal. But the key word is they got to the state semifinal. So. You know, there, there's there's that to look forward to uh, for next year. Now, Brady, correct me if I'm wrong here, but you talk about the stage being a little bit too bright. Clarksville Academy scored two points in that second quarter of that semifinal. Yeah, I, I believe that's right. It was. I think they scored. Yeah, maybe one basket or two free throws, something like that. They they struggled big time in that quarter. Um, I think in the third quarter they matched FACS 12 to 12. So. You know, it's not like that. It's not like they were completely overmatched. FACS was definitely the better team, um, but they did show at times that they could hang with them. But yeah, that second quarter they just got totally manhandled, and um, you know, it's hard to come back from from something like that in such a big game. Right. Well, you know, I'll say this: it, it's nice on your behalf. You have, you have three teams that make the state tournament. Um, fortunately and unfortunately for Robertson County, we just have one. But 
The one came in a big way. East Robertson boys back in business, going on the road at Van Buren County, two hours out, and totally just running over the Eagles of Van Buren County and Spencer. 70 to 48 was the final there, which, uh, you know, it was a four point game at the end of the first quarter, but a huge second quarter from Sean Groves and uh, Mason Eidson, Jordan Barnard. They really took over in that second and third quarter to create the separation. Uh, East Robertson's first state tournament game that they will play in since 2006, but their first state tournament berth since 2020. One of those weird COVID situation things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely very weird. But yeah, I mean, um, those Groves brothers, I mean, as long as they're playing, um, I feel like East Robertson is going to have a chance. And uh, Taylor Groves is probably not going to want to go out on a low note with his senior year playing with his brother here. Um, I'm not sure if he does any string sports like track or anything, but this could be his last time to wear an East Robertson jersey. So, And I know that community means a lot to him. Well, at this point, I'd say if I were Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, I, w- <laughs> I would tell Taylor Groves, I don't, it doesn't really matter to me if you used to do track. I don't want you doing anything else on that knee for the rest of the spring. Probably Take the spring a good off idea. and come to Oxford later. Yeah, Lane Kiffin probably has a decent amount of influence. That's probably the guy you want to listen to if, if you're Taylor Groves at this point. Um, but, yeah, so uh, like you said, uh, I have three teams. Go to state tournaments. Clarksville Academy, of course, one of them. Um, but we still have two teams whose seasons are alive. Um, one of them is playing as we're recording this. It's Wednesday. So one of those teams is playing tonight. That's going to be the Rossview Lady Hawks. They hosted Bartlett, um, a team that was – Projected to be one of the best teams in 4A this season. They have a, had, a, I believe, three Division One players um, to Rossview's one. And Rossview just played such a good game. They were up by as many as, like, 20 at, at times. But, of course, Bartlett made a run. Bartlett uh, took the lead late in that game, but Rossview just had such toughness. This team, you talk to Justin Woods, the head coach there, and the one thing he will always praise excuse me, about this team is just how mentally tough and mature that they are. And you can tell they never folded at any point. They never felt like they were going to lose. They never felt like they were losing at any point, despite giving up a pretty big lead at home in a, such a huge game. Um, so that was really impressive. They're going to be facing Farragut tonight, Wednesday. Um, of course, as you're listening to this, this game will have already happened. Um, but, you know, Farragut, of course, at, at this point, you're not going to see any teams that aren't good. Um, you're not going to have any walkover games. Um, but as far as first-round draws go, um, this one, I think, is relatively favorable compared to some of the other games that Rossview could have gotten. You know, they don't want to be seeing a team like Cookville in the first round. Uh, you don't want to necessarily be seeing a team like Blackman in the first round um, or Bearden in the first round. Uh, this is a, a solid first-round draw for Rossview. Um, and I think as far as, as first-round teams go, Farragut is... Is relatively beatable for Rossview. Uh, now, like I said, all these teams are going to be good. This is going to be, I don't know, maybe the second best team that they've played all season after maybe Bartlett. So it's going to be a, a great game. It's going to be a huge test for Rossview. Um, but the way Justin Woods prepares his team, uh, the way Sydney James DeRoche has been playing late, uh, lately, and we're going to talk about her later, um, and the way that they this whole team just p- performs as a unit. They're just so solid. Uh, they have they have bigs in Evie Darnell and Tori James, who both had really big games against uh, Bartlett, uh, who was a huge team, by the way. I mean, that team just had 
some beasts down low. Uh, they made Rossview look small, and Rossview is usually bigger than every team they play. Um, but Tori James and Evie Darnell were huge in that game. They've got players who can shoot, like Lacey Edwards, Jaina Darnell, who's a twin of Evie, and um, Aubrey Paget and um, Amani Collier. Amani uh, Collier? Collier? Um, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't claim to be able to say every word. Um, but this team is just so complete, and they are led by one of the best coaches in, in the state, in my opinion, in Justin Woods. So, um, Rossu, decent chances here. Um, definitely not a team to write off in at, at this point. Um, now, looking at next week, the boys' tournament, uh, Clarksville High is back in the state tournament for a second straight year. Um, you talked to J.J. Wheat, the leader of that team, and something that he's been preaching all season is that he feels like that they've been counted out um, you know, this is kind of a similar thing to last year. Last year, they weren't expected to get to the state tournament, and but they did it. They got there. They played the eventual eventual champion, Houston, and they gave them their toughest game of the state tournament. Not Cane Ridge, not, I don't, I don't even remember who they played in the championship, but Houston blew out both of those teams, whereas against Clarksville, that game was single digits until the fourth quarter. So, um, and, and J.J. Weed felt like they weren't getting the respect they deserved this year, and... You know, at this point, you can't say he was wrong because they're back in the state tournament. Um, after, despite losing four starters from that team last year, he was the only one back, and that's really the only guy that they need to be back, clearly. But uh, Jaheim Barry has been so good. Arnett Hines has been stepping up big time. He's their biggest player at a whopping 6-1. Um, yeah, this is a small team. Joe Schreiber Rivera, has he, he can't be any taller than six foot, but he's been so good in the post. Just uh, one, of, just a really good, smart player. Um, Jamar Carnell, um, you're not going to get a ton from him offensively, but as a football player, he plays linebacker and running back. He even played a little bit of quarterback this year because Carson Hyde didn't have one. Um, but that's a guy who is super strong, so he's going to play really good defense inside and out. Um, they're starting to get a little bit deeper with their bench with guys like Jabari Jolly, um, Kellen Howard, who's only a freshman, he and he looks like a freshman. He's he's got like a baby face. He's kind of tall and kind of long, so you can tell he's going to be a good basketball player. Um, but he looks like you know, um, he he looks like a freshman. He's a really young looking kid, but he was unfazed against Memphis East. He scored five points, um, made three out of his four free throws late in the game after Arnett Hines fouled out. He made a big bucket in the face of uh, of a huge kid earlier in that game. He's going to be a really good player for Ted Young at Clarksville High, but he's becoming a player that they might be able to um, go to in a pinch at this point in the season. Um, I mean, you can just tell I, I like this Clarksville team a lot. Um, and as long as they have J.J. Wheat, I mean, this is this is a team that's a threat to beat literally anybody in the state, as they just did with Memphis East, who some people might have called the best team in 4A at this point. Um, I know that there are a couple other really good teams, you know, Beach, Cane Ridge, uh, I believe Bearden is another team that people are really high on. And um, Lebanon, Lebanon, you know, knocked off Beach in the region championship. That's, that's right. And that's right. I'll, I'll mention Lebanon in a second here. But yeah, Memphis East, I mean, that team is about as, as athletic and long and tall as anybody. So if, if they weren't able to beat Clarksville, and they didn't do much of anything against Clarksville. I know the, I know the final score was nine points, but Clarksville just kind of dominated that entire game. There, were, there was kind of at one point where Memphis East made a run because um, their full court press started to do a little better, but for three quarters their full court press full court press did nothing to Clarksville. 
Um, and J.J. Wheat, Jaheim Berry are two guys that you can really think of because they're such good ball handlers. Arnett Hines, too, uh, despite being a center. Again, he's only 6'1", so really built more like a guard. Um, but <laughs> they're, just, they're just such a versatile team. They're so much fun to watch. I'm really glad that they have another game to play. Um, and that will be uh, up against Lebanon, who, like you just said, beat Beach in the sectional. So this team is, is clearly not a joke. Um, and it's fun that they're going to get a mid-state team to play. You know, that's that's a lot of fun. Um, I'm getting on a call with uh, Tommy Bryan here uh, later this afternoon to talk about that game with him, um, you know, kind of plan our coverage. I assume he'll be there for that game. So um, Lebanon, I, I don't remember the kid's name, but they, they have a three-star recruit. Um Jared something. Um, Jared Hall. Jared Hall, that's right. Um, kind of similar to Eddie Ricks almost in, in the way he plays. Um, he's, a, he's a three-star recruit like Eddie Ricks. And, you know, Lebanon reminds me a little bit of Clarksville Academy. Of course, Clarksville Academy, a team that Clarksville High beat by a couple points earlier this season. So I'm not saying anything in regards to that. <laughs> that that means, you know, they're a lot to beat them. But um, I think that's going to be a really good game. Two just really good basketball teams going at each other. And, of course, them being mid-state teams makes it all the more exciting. Well, I'll say this in regards to the sectional games that you've had to cover this past weekend. You know, let, let's start with Rossview and Bartlett. You know, you mentioned three Division One talents on that team. Yeah. And it's not like they're, you know, and no offense to Eastern Illinois here, but it's not, you know, an Eastern Illinois Division yeah. One commit like Sidney James DeRoche. Mm-hmm. It is Texas State of, you know, the SEC or sorry, the Sunbelt Conference, please. Uh, it is Auburn, you know, of the SEC. You yeah. know, and then it's a junior who has nothing but Power 5 groups, you know, in her top 10. Yeah. So these were, you know, three star-studded players that have a chance to play mid-major to high-major basketball. Yeah, for- absolutely. And um, Matt Insell, the head coach at, um, at Eastern Illinois, was actually there to watch that game, probably making uh, – making his way down after that tournament in Evansville to watch uh, Sydney play. Um, and he was in uh, Justin Wood's office after the game as I was going in to interview him. Um, I kind of mentioned to him, you're probably happy with what you saw today. He's like, man, she's going to be a star for us. And he's probably right. Sydney is just incredible. Uh, we'll talk about her in a second. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the fact that they were able to overcome that kind of um, talent differential um, – not, not saying Rossview's not a very talented team because they are, but you're not going to run into many teams with that kind of college um, pedigree that, that, that Bartlett has. Well, let, let me ask you this. We, we, we kind of previewed, or you kind of previewed Clarksville and Lebanon there. And Lebanon last year was just a region quarterfinal team. Dropped mm-hmm. one to Northeast on the road in the first mm-hmm. round. It's pretty handily, too, besides a great game from Yaron Alexander. I think he had over 30 in that one. Yeah, Jared Paul doesn't right. play in that. In your mind, and obviously you can't speak too much into this situation, but do you feel as though Jim McDowell and the Blue Devils of Lebanon have a bit of revenge going towards a Clarksville school? Um, it's possible. Um, you know, if they were facing Northwest, that would probably – I'm sorry, Northeast, that would probably be a different story. <laughs> but – um. Clarksville and Northeast, they're kind of rivals in themselves, you know. Um, but, you know, I think i think Lebanon is going to come out um, and more angry that they didn't get to this point last year instead yeah. of, you know, it being a personal thing against Clarksville. Um, 
Now, one thing that I think is significant is them not getting to that state tournament last year, whereas Clarksville High was there, is going to be a big advantage for Clarksville. Um, you know, I mentioned Clarksville Academy um, having the stage get a little too bright for them at times. Um, that didn't happen to FACS because those guys had been there before. Um, and Clarksville High, these guys have been to this spot before, other than um, their freshman, of course, Kirk Weatherford, who I mentioned. But uh, Jaheim Berry and J.J. Weed both played at the Glass House last year against Houston. Guys who, <laughs> that's a team who has guys playing at Creighton right now, at Oregon right now. So that's a significant, significant difference um, in that th- these guys know what it's like to play there. These guys know how it is to be playing on that court with those stakes. So that is something to look look out for. And, I mean, even on top of that, Houston, you know, coached by Mike Miller, you know, yeah. NBA veteran guard, you know, classic 2K player, by the way. If you ever got to play as Mike Miller on the yeah. Heat or the Denver Nuggets, he was pretty lethal. Yeah, if, if you were one of those people who like to play as the Heat with LeBron and, and D-Wade, you probably made a couple of threes with, with Mike Miller as well. Um. But how about we uh, transition this into our uh, players of the week? Um, I've kind of sort of spoiled mine already. So um, why don't you go ahead to maybe maybe people will forget about mine as you talk about yours. Well, we'll, we'll start with the girls' side. Uh, and I know I'm a couple of weeks back on this, but you know, girls' basketball season ended in Robertson County just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, Region 7-1A with Clay County, Pickett County, Gordonsville, and Red Boiling Springs. Totally wiped the floor with Joe Burns, East Robertson, Merrill Hyde, and I believe Knowledge Academies. I, I can't remember. It might be STEM Prep. I can't remember who the fourth team from, no, Trousdale County, excuse me. Those four teams in Region 8-1A were totally wiped by this so competitive. I mean, just such a competitive region and district for 7-1A. I mean, they really took care of business. and. You can see that now with Clay County, their girls team and their boys team. Both sides are in the state tournament. But Red Boiling Springs was in uh, a sectional just a couple games ago. And, you know, Gordonsville knocked out number one Joe Burns. Pickett County knocked out number two East Robertson. It's just a really good showing from that district. It's extremely competitive. And you kind of saw that uh, throughout all those four games. They really didn't have much interference against these four teams. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just a really good read. And like you said, it's hard to add much onto that because the results speak for themselves. They just rolled over. Um, now, before I talked about my players of the week real quick, I do want to give quick shout outs to the Northwest Lady Vikings who played a really, really good game against Arlington uh, on the road in Memphis. They came up just short of that game, but they were, you know, just a couple points away from winning that game on the road and going to state. Um, their season is over, but I did want to give them a shout-out real quick, along with the Rossview Hawks, who traveled down, the boys, I should say, traveled down to Bartlett. Um, didn't fare as well, but again, that's just another that's another situation where that's just such a good team that you're playing on the road. That's a long bus trip um, in Bartlett, a team in the state tournament, of course. Rossview had a great season getting to this point. Um, so I just wanted to give them quick shout-outs um, before I got into my players of the week. Um, and speaking of Rossview, my girls player of the week, Sydney James Roche. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I, I mentioned her already a couple times. She's just been so good for Rossview. She scored 21 points in that game against Bartlett. She hit the game winner. After hitting that game winner, she got a defensive rebound, nailed two free throws. That's the game. So she was just huge in that game. Um, talking to Justin Woods after the game, um, 
she's they kind of have to lean on her on both ends because as talented as some of the girls around her are you kind of need that rock on the court you know um something that you can look to when you need a stop when you need a bucket when you need some leadership out there and sydney has been that for them when they when they need someone to go to justin woods he'll he'll just give her that look and, and she knows it's go time um so just with that with those 21 points she hits the game winner she, she's going to state um easily easily my player of the week well i'll say this you know it's two years ago now since she joined Rossview, and how much different would the Lady Hawks have been if she opted to stay with Trenton Hassel at Clarksville Christian? You know, well, just a completely different outlook there. Well, Clarksville Christian just won the national championship, so uh, uh, that team would be, I don't even want to think what how good they would be with uh, Lauren Hassel and Sydney DeRoche. That would, that would just be unbelievable. But Rossview, they don't get to this point if they don't have Sydney. They're still going to be a good team. They're still going to be competing for the district tournament uh, championship, but they're not getting to state without her. And um, I think I think Justin Woods would agree with me on that. I think their all their players would agree with me on that. She's just such a difference maker out there, um, even if it doesn't necessarily always show up, show up in the box score, but it did this week. Well, that's a good transition into my side, you know, I've had trouble, and I hope Jordan sees this and he forgives me, but I've had trouble getting his name right all season, but I've got it right uh, today. Box scores sometimes say Bernard, sometimes say Barnard. His sister, Ida, has the same problem, but Jordan Barnard has a team-high 13 at Van Buren County. Five players score in double figures for the Indians, but he leads all of them. Just a sharpshooter for these guys. Uh, you know, obviously when you look at this team, you look at East Robertson, you see – Taylor Groves, and you maybe see Sean Groves because he's just returned and he's providing a big impact for this team. But there are obviously a lot of other guys. No team is made up from one player, and I think we'll kind of figure that out with Clarksville here in a minute. But, you know, Jordan does a great job shooting the three ball. He's a really experienced player as a senior, and he was obviously huge from outside. Him and Mason Eidson do a great job on the perimeter and that was the biggest difference in that game. I believe they hit nine threes at, at another team's gym that they had never played in. So just the opportunity for Jordan to lead the team, uh, you know, with Taylor kind of being swarmed by, by that defense, it was really big for him to step up and for those other guys to step up to get the Indians back to state. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you need those tertiary players. Um, and and I, I do want to give a quick shout out to Jaheim Berry. Um, he's not going to be my player of the week this week, um, but he scored probably the quietest 23 points in a subset game of all time. Um, yeah, he, he had a great game. He was he was being guarded at times like he was Steph Curry. Uh, whenever he would touch the ball, whether he was like steps from the half court line, East Memphis had a guy in his face because they know he can pull up and score from anywhere. Um, and honestly, you kind of need to card him that way at, at this point because he was pulling up from well beyond NBA range at times and just easy, making it look super simple. Um, so definitely an honorable mention to Jaheim. But my player of the week has to be J.J. Weed. He had 31 points in that sectional game, came into the game needing 20 to get to 2,000 all-time, so casually dropped 31. Uh, he was just incredible. Um, you, you want to talk about Ross, you're not getting to stay without Sydney DeRoche. Clarksville might not even win the district if it's not for JJ. This guy is just so incredible. 
Um, he makes everyone on his team so much better. He had a, like a, he had one play. It was like a behind the back pass in transition, right into his guy's hands for an easy layup. Just such a good creator, such a good defender. At one point, he was being double teamed out at mid court, just slipped right through the guys and got a bucket. Um, he's just—it's <laughs> incredible to watch. I mean, I'm out of words to describe how good JJ Weed is. Um, it's incredible to me that he doesn't have so many college offers. There were a, a good amount of scouts on hand at that game. I saw a guy in a TSU zip up, whether that was a scout, I don't know, or maybe he was just a fan. I don't know. But if he was a scout, even if he was there to watch, you know, a uh, uh, Memphis East guy, you know, he took notice of what JJ Wheat was doing because he just had an absolutely incredible game. Um, easily, easily my player of the week. Well, I'll say two things about JJ. Uh, one, you know, that, that buzzer beater that he had, I think, at the end of the first quarter, falling yeah. away, you know, from from well beyond three-point range. So right. uh, it was incredible. But a feel-good aspect of it was that his dad, and correct me if I'm wrong here, dad comes back from deployment. That's right. You know, the day of the game. Yeah. So he was he was able to be there to watch his son play. Um now that's a really cool aspect of it and he'll be able to see him play in the state tournament back from deployment in in europe um of course you know it, things got murky whether he was going to be able to come back from deployment with things going on overseas right now so for him to be able to come back now and watch jj play his his final couple games of his career at CHS, that's definitely very special for sure well um yeah i don't i don't know if i've got much else this week uh you know this my plans this week are to uh, watch your coverage of the state tournament, Brady, and uh, watch any conference tournaments that I can for March Madness. I'm trying to uh, construct a perfect bracket this time. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see about that. I, I don't have a ton of faith in myself as far as that goes. But, uh, but yeah, so thank you guys again for tuning in. Uh, we have fun talking baseball today, some, some state tournament basketball action, kind of a shorter episode than usual. Um, but... We like to think we made up with that equality. Um, but yeah, thank you guys again for, for listening and for watching. If, if that's how you prefer to consume, if you prefer to see our faces, uh, I don't understand, but thank you. Um, <laughs> have a great day, everybody. You've been listening to the MSP North Podcast covering high school sports in Robertson and Montgomery counties. Follow Brady on Twitter at Brady underscore MSP and Blaine at sports underscore BK and always online at MainStreetPreps.com. The MSP North Podcast is a Main Street Media production.